and welcome to Ask Me About K-Pop, the essential guide for recent converts and seasoned fans alike. My name is Shannon. And I'm Angelica. And welcome to the show. We have so much to get to today. I want to yes. get straight into it. Uh, so yeah. No banter. No top. banter. We have too much to cover today. <laughs> so we're going to take it right now to the voicemail for today's topic. Hi, Shannon. Hi, Italica. Um, This is Michelle, and I'm calling you guys. Um, I just found out that the group X1 has been disbanded. It just happened, like, overnight, obviously, during the day in Korea. And um, I'm just, like, it's really sad. I don't know. I watched Produce X 101 this summer, um, and... The trainee I liked the most, they didn't make into the final group, but I still really was, like, so excited for X1, and I think the members are so talented, and it's so sad that they're going to lose out on this huge opportunity because of MHead, like, cheating and rigging their own show for years. It's just crazy, but I think more than that, what I'm thinking about right now is, like, this legacy of Produce and how much influence it's had over the current new generation of groups that we have like it's crazy looking at I, I was looking at a list online of like every group that's affiliated with produce like Gugudan, WikiMiki, WJSN, G-Idol, CLC, uh, Everglow and um, 86 and N-Flying and <laughs> Ragged Punch, Burmis 9, Cherry Bullet like that's only part of the list I'm not gonna name all of them but the way that Purdue's, like, got people to know all of these trainees, whether they made it into the final group or not, I do think that's the good part about the show. And it's, like, it is a big loss. That's, like, the avenue for kind of mid-tier or lower-tier companies to introduce their trainees to the world in a way that, like, SM or JYP can just do because they have company fans. So, I don't know. I'm kind of, like, sad about it, even though I think Purdue's was kind of bad, too. Obviously, it's not good to have, like, a super rigged uh, reality TV show that have so much influence. So, I don't know. I'm kind of, like, wondering, what do you guys think about this? Like, how are you feeling? I'm kind of rambling at this point. This message is getting way too long. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go. But I guess my final sign-off note will be, like, Queendom was great, and I hope they do a season two. Or maybe one of those boys? Oh. Okay. Bye. Wow. Well, first of all, thank you, Michelle. That's an excellent, wonderful, nuanced voicemail. And I want to get to every single question that you asked. But we have to start at the very beginning to do that. Sure. Um, So I think we've talked a few times on this show in general about like the produce curse or Mm -hmm. like this show coming up very often because as Michelle said in that voicemail, it was kind of for the past couple of years, the first step in like smaller companies debuting groups, like first they put their kids on this show. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the last couple of days or over the past couple of months, but recently, very recently, the whole thing has imploded. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really just wanted to, for history's sake, because we love K-pop history on this podcast, like that's what we're doing here. Make make a nice little package of like, here's what this show was. Here was who, who, Here's who was on it, and here's how it all fell apart. Yes. Basically, uh, 
AMAK deep dive into the Produce series, which was a reality television show that produced several uh, different boy groups and girl groups. And so we're going to go into each season um, and sort of create a little, a nice little timeline timeline. for you. So it'll be like four mini dives. Like, cause it's not quite yes. a deep dive. We don't have time, but like four mini dives and then a big old scandal mm-hmm. at the end. So it yeah. should be a ride. So ready? Go. Let's do it. Okay. Um, so Produce 101 was the nation's first agency collaboration mm-hmm. unit. So the idea was to take trainees from all kinds of companies inside and outside of Korea and put them all together and then make a temporary girl group. Yes. And the premise was that there would be no panels or judges, but that audience voting would choose everything. So it was like the public produced the yes, group. The, the so, at-home producers of the, the viewers yes. were going to pick the name. The name of the, the group, concept. the concept of the group, the members in the group, even the uh, their debut song, they would get to choose it as well. Um, and so the they were supposed to go from 101 trainees to then narrow it down to 11 finalists. Yes, and then that uh, that group of 11 would perform together for a year mm-hmm. and get to release four songs and like promote and then they'd go back to their groups. That was yes. the the it deal was a of one year mm-hmm. exclusive contract um under C, uh CJ CJ E&M yeah. and seed like just for context because there's a lot of complicated business crap in here mm-hmm. that like is hard for me. So just to contextualize, like CJ E&M is a massive corporation, like think like Disney levels, like they do food production and movies and idols. Like mm-hmm. they do so many things. It is a very, very, very large company. So just mm-hmm. know that. And Mnet is a branch of it. Yes, they have many mm-hmm. subsidiaries like a Disney. They own all the things. Right. And Mnet is like a music channel. We've talked about it a billion times. They're like important. Yes. In the idol world. And I read that this show, the Produce 101, the first season, was the second largest budget of all of Mnet TV shows. So they invested a lot into this first season. Three point something million dollars, I believe. I don't think I wrote it down. Okay, but it was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot of money. Um, okay, so on December 17th, 2015, 98 of the trainees performed their first number on M Countdown, and the song was called Pick Me. And this pick me performance is very iconic. Mm-hmm. I feel like after it happened, I was showing it to like anyone who would watch it, just like as a yeah. as like a feat of Korean entertainment television. <laughs> because it starts out with like one glowing floating pyramid that has mm-hmm. like twenty girls on it, and then for the second verse, they bring in another. Like they keep yeah. bringing in floating pyramids of more girls. Yes, groups <laughs> of formations just continue to appear like oh right when you think that they're like okay there can't possibly be any more like a triangle comes down from the sky (laughs) or something because there's a hunt all 101 contestants were on the same stage performing this opening number and it's just like a visual it's like so overwhelming on the eyes and they're all wearing little schoolgirl uniforms and the song is so sharp (laughs) and i'm just like but it was a moment it was like a moment um because it was 
yeah, it was a spectacle. Yeah, it was. They it were was, starting off on a spectacle. Exactly. So as like a quick rundown, because this is a like competition reality show, it has all kinds of nuance and different episodes. But the general premise, it ran from January 22nd, 2016 till April 1st. It had 13 episodes. Um, the general premise is that the girls were put in teams graded A, B, C, D, and then or A, B, C and F. I think there's just four. Um, but basically based on their performance and their voting, mm-hmm. they like get prior and a gets prioritized. They get the most lines. They get to be in the front when they do the like challenges mm-hmm. or like, it's a, it's just like every week they have to do something different. They have to do a cover dance. They have right. to like compose a song, they, like challenges. And then they're all split up based on how people are voting for them. Yes. And so the peop the, the mem, the trainees that get put into the groups, a, B and C or whatever that can change sure. according to the voting. So like if someone someone might be in group B the first week and then based on how they perform in group B, then maybe they're in group A or C or whatever in the following. And it's like always a big drama if like someone came from the bottom and got all the way up to A group or if mm-hmm. like someone got kicked out of A group because they weren't yeah. performing well anymore and like uh, the drama. Like it was just right. people moving up and down and then three different times throughout the season they did like big eliminations and, you know, chuck mm-hmm. 30 off of the bottom or whatever so that the pool yeah. got smaller as the season right. went on because eventually the final group was only supposed to only was supposed to have 11 members which is still a pretty big group yes <laughs> <laughs> um and just like ratings wise the finale ended with a four percent viewership rating so four percent of people in the country were like watching mm-hmm. the show um so some trainees who didn't get into the final group, but you might know nowadays, uh, would be Nayeon from Gugudan, Soyeon from G-Idol, like the one who writes all mm-hmm. the music. She like got eliminated like 18th or something. Um, Unwoo from Princeton and Unbin from CLC. Um, they didn't make it, but they like were their names and faces. Yeah. They made it far. They um, were, so they like went back to their companies and then debuted, debuted in those groups. From those groups. Um, but the final group was called IOI, mm-hmm. which stands for Ideal of Idol. Yes. And they were managed by YMC Entertainment. I tried to look them up. They've existed since like the 70s and they've existed under like 18 different company names. Hmm. But I don't know. It's just like an entertainment company that's always been around. Interesting. Um, and IOI did not get a fandom name or a color for their entire year of existence. Just noting. Because you'll see as these go on. Yeah. Things change about how this works like a lot. Pretty quickly too. <laughs> things change. Yeah. <laughs> Um, So the members of IOI, in order from first place to last place, uh, is John So Me, who is a solo artist. We've talked about her a lot. She was like 16 at the time. Mm -hmm. She was under JYP, and now she's under YG Black Label. Yes. And put out a solo album last year. Second, Sejong from Gugudan. Mm -hmm. Also in Busted. Okay, she's the one who's in Busted. Mm -hmm. She's very cute. Um, Yoo Jung from Wikimiki, mm-hmm. Chang'a, who we now know as, as solo artist, the Chang'a, Chang'a the Chang'a, uh, Sohee, who is now a drama actress and a TV host, um, and then Kyul Kyung from former Priston, mm-hmm. uh, Che Young from Daya, and she's also a very prolific actress. Yes, she was in Drinking Solo with Keith. Yes, and I'm, she's on the remake of Because It's the First Time, and I've been watching uh. that a little bit lately. Um, Doyan from Wikimiki, the very tall mm-hmm. one. Mina from Gugudan. 
Na Young from Pristin and Yeon Jung from The Cosmic Girls. Yes. And that was IOI. So IOI debuted on April 4th, 2016, right after- I have May 4th. Oh, that's the pre-debut song, Crush, that they put out immediately oh, oh, after oh, the show oh, ended. I, see, I, see. I didn't even pull a clip of it, but like they put out a pre-debut song right when the show ended, and then they debuted on May 4th ah. with a song called Dream Girls. We are the Uh, this song went to number seven, and I when we put when I watched this music video when doing the research, I remembered we saw IOI at KCON that year that we went to see Shiny. Yes, and they did they did this song and, and that's Yum Yum. I maybe. Yeah, I don't remember that song at all. Oh, okay, but you're right. We did see IOI. We did see we them. Did. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just remembered that. Um, okay, so that was their debut song. Then it was kind of odd in June. Young went back to Daya, Mina and Sejong debuted as Gugudan, and Yunjung returned to her agency to continue training. So the next comeback was technically a unit stage because mm. there were only nine of them. That's, no, that seven is of very them. interesting because I thought that their oh their original contract must have been must not have been exclusive then. Or because it, yeah. I mean we'll talk about it as we talk about the subsequent seasons, but it. Yeah, it's interesting that they were able to do things with their original companies while also being a member of this temporary group, especially if the group was supposed to be temporary. Like, why not dedicate all your time for that one year to this one thing? But it feels like as it goes on, they figured out how to plug all the holes where they were losing money. Yeah. Like, because this this, was the first season. I thought this that was the mistake and why they never made a non-exclusive contract again, because this one was non-exclusive. Then they lost half their girls halfway through. Yeah. So for in August 2016, seven of the members, they never I they didn't even name the no, unit. No, they didn't give them a different name. They just said it was a unit. But they put out a song that was like a reimagining of the Salt and Pepper song, mm-hmm. What a Man. Yeah. And it's called What a Man. Uh, so that song went to number two. So it was received better than Dream Girls was. And it's sure. fun. Well, and it's maybe because like that Salt and Peppa song is so good. That's true. Um, then in October of 2016, they were all back and they put out their first EP and it was called Miss Me. And the single was called Very, Very, Very and was written by one JYP. I don't like that one. (laughs) Well, everyone did because it was number one on the charts. It sold 1.3 million copies and they got their first uh, music show trophy for it. Fair enough. (laughs) I will have to say, though, this was their second EP. Their first EP they put out when they originally debuted. It was called Chrysalis. Okay. Correcting my notes. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So very, very, very was a smash. People liked it. Um, But. They had that one-year contract, and they weren't messing around about it. So on January 2017th, they disbanded with a disbandment song called Downpour. Downpour. 
This song was written by Seventeen's Woozy. Oh, cute. Yeah, so that was it. That was the end of IOI. Mm-hmm. And then, as we said, all those girls went on to the groups and solo projects mm-hmm. that we said they went on to. Yes. So that's one. And Check that was it. that. <laughs> they did originally have, so they disbanded in January 2017, and they did have a reunion planned for 2019. But because of the controversies that we will get to in a moment, that reunion was postponed and then eventually canceled. Um, Before we move on to season two, I guess, I will say the only air of controversy that this first season had was that after the show aired, one of the, like an anonymous trainee that had been on the show had revealed details of the contract that the, that Mm. Mnet had like made, or CJ had made them sign. And mostly this was only controversial because the public was kind of like, oh, that seems like a shitty contract. But then CJ and Mnet were both like, this is a standard contract. But it is a shitty contract because the agencies and the trainees, they in signing were prohibited from taking any legal action from the way that the show was edited, uh-huh. um, like after the fact. And the trainees are not paid for their participation in the show. Um, but CJ, E&M, they would get an- 50% of the profits for anything that the show comes out of and, or com- anything that comes out of the show. And the companies would get the other 50% to then share with the companies and the idols themselves. Uh-huh. So the trainees that are participating in the show, the reason this was, like people got pissed about it is because the trainees are really getting the short end of the stick because they're working very hard and they're not at all compensated for their appearance on the show right and then their companies are compensated only for profits made off the show not for like the show itself you know what i mean i think i saw something else about how like they made a hundred dollars per episode per uh trainee that appeared on screen that Mm -hmm. that was also one of the like payment things that people thought was chintzy yeah but that's also very sta- – that also does kind of seem very standard. Like, if yes. you go on, like, a talk show, like a Jay Leno or an Ellen or whatever, like, they pay everybody, like, 500 bucks for that. Like, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you're Tom Cruise or, like – like, everyone gets paid the same to show up on shows like that. Anyway. Yeah. Entertainment. It's so fun. Yeah. Um, okay. So that was season one. Yes. Boom. Did it. All right. So season two, they announced uh, season two at the end of The Mamas uh, in twenty. 20- 16 end of yeah so 2016 mamas are always right before the year and so they mm-hmm. announced that they were going to be doing a season two okay on february 23rd 2017 they announced that boa is going to be the mc yes and that the chosen group is going to perform for two years mm-hmm. ending december 31st 2018 and also that smyg and jyp are not sending any trainees yes <laughs> i had that too those big three decided not to send any trainees which in the subsequent seasons, like, they continue to do that. And it kind of is interesting, like, um, the listener brought up in the voicemail how Produce sort of provided the, like, smaller companies a an avenue right. to promote their trainees, which – so it's, like, kind of it's nice that the big that they three didn't. <laughs> didn't put their own trainees in it because they didn't have to. Um, they still had 101, obviously, um, but now the first season was only from a pool of – only was from a pool of 46 companies and this one was from a pool of 54 okay um and i have that 
in the uh, I don't know if this oh, now that I am re- reading this back, I don't know if it was all together or just for like the finale. But I wrote that more than 16 million people voted during the show, mm. uh, which is roughly 30 percent of South Korea's population. Damn. So people were tuned in. They sure were. Um, and March 9th, 2017 was when they made their debut and they started the tradition of now every season will start with a new pick me song so season two's pick me song oh and did we mention it's boys this time oh we didn't totally (laughs) didn't season two is boys this time (laughs) that's important otherwise the premise is exactly the same so now it's boys and now they have a two-year contract yes so their version of pick me is called nayana and it sounds like this Um, yeah, so same same concept, triangles of boys appearing. Yeah, as if from nowhere. In their little school uniforms. Um, Asking you to pick them. Dehui, who is now in AB6, is the center, mm-hmm. um, which it's like a big deal. It's a big deal throughout the show to like get to be, be the, center the center or be in the top group. And it's fun when you watch the pick me stages, if you like are familiar with the groups that come out of them. If you watch the pick me stages, you can see like a lot of those members getting most of the screen time like from the jump. Which will make sense later. later. <laughs> um, okay, so this season ran from April 7th, 2017 till June 16th, and it was only 11 episodes this time. Did we say how many the first one was? It was 13. This oh. time it's 11, so they knocked two episodes off. All right. Cranking them out now. Um, this season had some con- like some controversies as it was going. Yes. Three different trainees were removed from like bullying uh, being uh, out like people who went to school with them outing mm-hmm. them as bullies yes so their appearances on the show prompted people from their past <sighs> to come out and be like hey this guy did this to me and some of the accusations were pretty fucked up yes um, they really so were so those three those three trainees I was it was only like, about two well because there were two bullies and one guy who had been sending creepy messages to underage girls oh <laughs> then I I had that guy and only one bully. I didn't see the other. Okay, one. I thought I saw there were four removed total and one got one oh, was four removed total. One was removed because he was bullied off the show by people leaving horrible crap on his Instagram. Oh, rough. So, four over the course just like left. They weren't eliminated from the show. They like were yeah. taken off okay. of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were removed. <laughs> Um, And there was also a controversy in the middle of the season um, where it was found that Kong Daniel and Kiwon and Dongbin had used sneaky Instagram code to try to get their fans to vote for what they wanted. Mm -hmm. They, like, changed the emojis in their Instagram bios and it was, like, secret code to their fans. So they were, like, punished on the show and they did not – they were supposed to get first Mm -hmm. pick and they didn't get it because, like, they cheated. Yeah. Because the what they they were picking songs, right? Because the way the way the way that the show worked was that like certain songs would get introduced, and then the that's how like the public could pick like who they would vote for like which group got which songs, and then as a reward for one for like winning a challenge, group A got to like pick the song or something. And there will also be times where like if your group like won the little dance battle challenge, then you would get a thousand points added to your text in mm. votes. Like anyway. 
but they cheated. So yeah. they got like punished on an episode. Um, but this show ended with a 6.4% viewership rating, which is much higher than the first season. Yeah. People were really into this season. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember, uh, the first time I went to Korea, this was airing and, uh, it was on, it was on TV all the time. It yeah. was on TV all the time. And there were so many like subway ads for like trainees and people being like, vote for whoever. It was really nuts. Um, some trainees from this season that did not make it to one one but are in groups that you know. And Flying's Yu Ho-sung? Ho-sung. Yu Ho-sung. AB6, Dong-yeon. Newest's Ren, JR, and Beko. Uh, Hakmyeon from The Boys. There was this guy, Jang Moon-bok, who had really long hair. And he oh, had, yeah. like, a moment I in the sun him. because, like, he stood out because of his very long hair. Uh, he debuted in a boy band called Limitless last year. Mm. Um, and then there was this kid, Samuel Kim, who was, like, a Pledis trainee. He's, yeah. like, half Mexican. He has, like, the tiniest, like, he has a very distinctive, mm -hmm. tiny face. He trained with Seventeen for a while. And then, and if you watch like pre-debut Seventeen mm -hmm. videos, he is a baby. He's uh -huh. like li literally like, like eight child. years old. And he's also like a small, physically small person. So when he's eight, he looks like he's five. It's like crazy. He's so small. Um, but he's he remained very popular, yes. even though he didn't make it to the final. And group. he went on to have a he has a pretty successful solo career, especially in China. Mm. He was on that CYXJ oh, show yeah. with, with Yanan and June and Yanan and Minghao. Wow. Um, so the final group this time was called Wanawan. Uh, they were also managed by YMC Entertainment, and they mm -hmm. did get a fandom name, which was Wannables. <laughs> Wannables. Um, and then here are the winners, members of 101 in order from first place to last place and what they're up to now. So first place was Kong Daniel. We've talked about him a million times. Mm -hmm. He is a solo, a solo artist and his own CEO. Uh, G Park Ji-hoon, who is now just acting. Mm -hmm. uh, Lee Dae-hui from AB6 that I mentioned a moment ago, who is the center. Uh, Kim Jae-hwan, who is also doing solo stuff now. Uh, Ong Song Woo, who was a member that I always remembered because he has a very distinctive face and he's like very tall. Um, and I looked, I was looking him up and it looked like he was just living off of fan signs. And I was like, well, good for you, boo. Like, cause he <laughs> hadn't done anything. But then I Googled his name and right there on YouTube, 14 hours ago, a music video from Ong ah, Song Woo. There you go. And the song's not bad. So, okay. He's doing solo things. A lot of the <laughs> 101 members are doing solo stuff now. I feel like most of them... Whereas, like, almost all of IOI went yeah. on to be a part of groups, almost all of these members of 101 became solo artists. Yes, and a Very lot of them really do just do, like, fan sign tours and, mm -hmm. like, make money just sitting at a table and smiling at, like, And being like, I was in 101. Yes, yeah. they're very popular, but just for being – anyway, we'll get to it. <laughs> um, Park Woo Jin, who is also an AB6. Quan Lin, who lives in the Cube basement. Uh, he's a Chinese cube trainee who, like, Yen on they act like he doesn't exist. He did a little featured song with Wusuk from Pentagon, but that's the only thing yeah. he's ever done. And his name comes up a lot when people are, like, Yen on conspiracying because he also just, like, hmm. cube basement. Poor guy. Interesting that they're both Chinese. Isn't it? Anyway. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> next, Yoonji Sung, who uh, did musicals and went solo and is currently enlisted. I believe he might be in the musical that Onu is in right now. Oh, or they'll probably end up doing one together because, like, mm. those military musical boys, like, that's what they do. I love that some people go to the military and then they just do musicals. <laughs> like, how is that the trajectory? It's fun. It's propaganda. Participating in propaganda yeah. plays is a good <laughs> military job. Um, next is Minhyun from Newest, who we brought up because mm-hmm. his group had to go on without him for newest two years. To, waiting. To, newest waiting. <laughs> Um, hey, they were really good. We saw them at KCON. We did. Uh, Jin Young from Six. Did we? Did that listener C-I-X. tell us it's CIX? I don't remember. I don't, <laughs> I don't either. Remember this is an eyes one is one situation all over <laughs> again where I know it's one of the two and I know that we've been corrected, but I don't remember which one is the correct one. So Six or CIX? I don't know. I'm looking it up because I have to know. CIX. C-I-X. Oh, yeah. Nope. C-I-X. Never mind. Okay. C-I-X? It is C-I-X. Okay. So Jin Young from C-I-X was 10th place. And then Ha Sung Woon, who was formerly in the band Hot Shot pre-Produce mm-hmm. 101 and is now a solo artist, yes. was the 11th member added. Um, and then I just had a note here, like, just for trivia's sake. Uh, after the show ended, a group called JBJ was formed, and this was six members who were who almost didn't make it into Wanna One. Mm-hmm. Like they were just below, and the, they like, made up. they made a one year temporary group that CJ like oversaw, um, and they were called JBJ, Just Be Joyful. And two of the members, Sangyun and Kenta, when the contract expired reformed as JBJ 95 because that's the year they were both both born and are continuing as a duo. Hmm. So just some trivia about other members from season two. Interesting. Um, Okay. Wanna one. Now we're at Wanna one. Yes. I have that they debuted on August 8th, 2017 with their EP one one times one equals one parentheses to be one. I'm glad you wrote the album titles down because I didn't because they're all too long. Uh, The title track on that one is one of my favorite songs ever, Energetic. And you know why that song is so good? Because it's composed by Hui. Yes. Lyrics by Hui and Wusok. Yes, and it was also uh, co-produced by someone named Flobo, who comes yes. up again later. Yeah, um, you can hear it. Like I was, I yes. was singing about that as we were just listening to it. That is a phenomenal song, and I was like, I could totally hear Hui singing this. Yes, because I feel like most of the songs that yeah, you can just like hear yeah, yeah that the, the demo track that he sent with just him. Like mm-hmm. you can still yeah. feel it in there. So this song went to number one immediately. Yes. It sold 2.5 million copies mm-hmm. and was the first Korean debut, like group debut album to go to number one this fast since So Taji and the Boys. Wow. Yes. Since K pop like yes. originated. Yeah. So immediately we could see that this second season is 
so much more popular. Yeah, wildly more popular. Because Probably because it's a boys. boy group. <laughs> um, but yeah, this group was absurdly popular. They, throughout their two-year contract, got 16 different uh, sponsorships, like appeared in 16 different ads. They ranked in the top 10 for two different surveys about celeb brand power in Korea, and they were number two on Forbes' Korea Power Celebrities list. Yeah, they they were doing stuff. So after Energetic, on November 13th, they did a repack uh, do you have what that album was titled? No, I don't. Then I just got, I just summarized. Okay. And I said they produced three EPs, one studio album, and had a world tour. Okay. Well, I'll go over it then. So this next song that came out in November thir- on November 13th, we've discussed on this show before, and it was called Beautiful. Uh, this song also went to number one. <laughs> yeah, I ranked this one very high on my beautiful list. Mm-hmm. It won uh, Song of the Year at the Guyon and Genie Awards in 2018. Um, then in March uh, 2018, second EP, and the title on this one was called Boomerang. Wing, 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 wing. Boomerang. Uh, this song only went to number three. Oh. And this is the part where I'll like interject and say that I feel like one ones discography gets, I get less interested as it goes on. Like Energetic is such a good song and I feel like every song after it lets me down. It's like a little bit worse. <laughs> well, I found the other song, the other EP titles. The second one was zero plus one equals one parentheses. I promise you. Mm-hmm. And the last one was one divided by X equals one parentheses undivided yeah i love it all the math problems um so in may of 2018 their ymg contract expired so the group got moved to being under swings entertainment mm-hmm. um in june of 2018 they went on a world tour yes 13 cities 10 countries massive tour yeah um bigger than some like more well-established groups have ever been on <laughs> uh also in June, right after the tour began, they put out a special album that included unit collabs with Zico, Hazy, Dynamic Duo, people like that. The album itself went to number two, and they promoted a single on it called Light. That music video frustrates me because it's one of those music videos where it looks like they turn the brightness on your TV down too much. Um, My eyes don't like it. I don't like when they do stuff like that. Anyway, And for a song called Light, I don't know why it's so dark. (laughs) The irony. Um, On November 19th, 2018, they put out their first massive studio album. Yes, it's called One to the Power of Eleven equals one parentheses Power of Destiny. (laughs) And the song, their last song, is called Spring Breeze. Uh, So on December 31st, 2018, the contracts expired, but all of the companies agreed to let them keep doing end of year and award shows. Yes. Till January. Yeah. So the all of their activities ended in January of 2019. 19, yeah. They yeah. did four days of concerts in Seoul to like finally say goodbye. 
And that was the end of one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. We did it. Another season down. So season three, season three is now called produce 48. Yes. Because now they've changed up the game. We're back to girls, mm -hmm. but this time Mnet is joining forces with the J-pop idol conglomerate, AKB 48. Yes. Which we have mentioned once or twice before on this show, I think because of Produce 48, but mm -hmm. also just because a AKB 48 is a group that has like a hundred members in it or something. Yes, because the concept of this particular type of J-pop idol is it's supposed to be like a theater concept where basically like AKB 48 performs at the same theater five days a week. Like you can go there and see them like always oh so that's why there's so many members and why certain cities have their own 48 like oh, it's a whole thing interesting and it's been happening for like almost 30 years i like opened their wikipedia to be like what's the deal with this and it was so much i was like no this is like, <laughs> never mind this is an never entire mind. but never the mind. basic <laughs> gist i gathered is that it's just like this huge conglomerate where they always just have like a ton of girls mm. and they're you can see them like very often and then when they pick new ones it's a massive televised spectacle that people like vote right. on yes so and i think probably the produce concept was sort of generally based on this to begin with yes like yeah so that i remember that that akb48 has a voting system for new members already established mm -hmm. and so now it's like members who are already a part of akb48 are competing to be a part of what this next produce group yes um and for this one it would be a 12 member group this time mm -hmm. and they promised no nationality cap so like if people yes. picked nine Japanese girls and that's how it would be they weren't gonna like yeah. force half and half because that was the rumor for a yes. while even though only the only voters were in South Korea um, this time they only had 96 trainees they didn't have 101 they had 96 um, and they were going to have a two and a half year <laughs> contract yeah I'm bumping it a little bit <laughs> So their version of Pick Me that they performed once again on the iconic glowy triangles was called Nekoya. I will say each version gets less obnoxious. <laughs> they are like, they tone <laughs> yeah. it down back a little bit. Um, so this show was on from June 15th, 2018 till August 31st. There were 12 episodes this time. Uh, the show was also being simulcast in Japan and on TV in Asia, which is like mm -hmm. got like most of the other Asian countries in there. But only South Korea could vote. Yes. Um, and this year it was hosted by actor Lee Sung-gi. Um, and same deal, like three voting periods where people mm -hmm. got eliminated, got their same A through F ranking system. Right. But this time there was a lot of translators involved because a lot of the trainees were Japanese. Right. Yeah. Um, this one ended with a 3.2% vote uh, viewership rating, which is worse than season one. Mm -hmm. um, from what I remember... Like, I don't know if you have actual controversies written down or anything, but from what I remember in the ether was just a whole lot of, like, racism and just, like, the Korean, like, viewers not liking the Japanese girls and people mm. getting in, like, weird fights about it on the internet. Yeah, I didn't have any kind of controversy. I feel like this season was sort of quiet, like, 
people were that's like half the viewership rating that the boys season got mm-hmm. part of it is probably because it was another girl season and like people tend to be less into girl groups um in general and then also probably a bit of racism thrown in there just for fun yeah um so the group that they picked from this one is called eyes one yes that's how you say it Eyes one. Uh, and they were managed by Off the Record Entertainment. They are. Are. <laughs> I forget. We are they're still around. in the present. They're still they are around. managed by Off the Record Entertainment, and their fandom name is Wise One. With wise a, One? Yeah, just with a W at the front. Like wise as in to be wise? I guess. I didn't look up the meaning. I should look it up. My name means wise one, according to some little like crocheted or stitched thing I had as a child. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, you know, it was like some yeah, little, yeah, like, yeah. Shannon it, means, it means what wise, some wise one. one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Because it could be wise one, like a wise person, or it could also be like, por qué? Wise one. <laughs> um, so the members of Eyes One are Juan Young from Starship Entertainment, Sakura Miyawaki from HKT48, which is another branch of that stuff. Yuri from Stone Music. Yena from Yuhua. Um, Yujin from Starship. Or Nako Yabuki from HKT48. I think that's the really tiny one. Uh, Kwan Yun Bi from Wulim Entertainment. Hyewon from 8D. Hitomi Honda from AKB48. Kim Chewon from Wulim Entertainment. Kim Minju from Urban Works. And Lee Cheon from WM Entertainment. So those are the eyes ones. There's 12 of them. Mm-hmm. They debuted on October 29th. Their debut EP is called Color Eyes. 2018. What did I say? You just didn't say the year. Oh, October 29th, 2018. Color Eyes. <laughs> and their debut song is called La Vian Rose. Fun fact, this song was intended for CLC. Oh, interesting. Um, I think, I believe there is like a dance practice or a weird floating V-Live or something where CLC was doing it. Mm. Um, This song got three music show trophies and broke the record for fastest win after debut. Yes. Which I think, did Itzy beat them later? Possibly. Itzy definitely set a record um, with theirs, but I don't remember what it was. Because I think this was first, so that probably Oh, I think I wrote it down in my girls group. Oh, they broke the record for most watched debut music video. Oh, okay. So different record. Okay. Um, They got three. Aizwan got three new artist awards Mm -hmm. at the Mamas in 2018, Golden Disc, Soul Music Awards. Yep. Uh, then January 2019, they did their Japanese debut because it's also it was important for this group to like promote in both countries. Yes. So their Japanese debut is called Sukitu Iwasitai. Iwasitai. Sukitu Iwasitai. They'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, they're like tap dancing in that. Yes. And they're wearing, there's a scene, there's a 
set piece in the music video where they're all wearing the most excellent trench coats in beautiful colors and they dance with their hands in their pockets and it's really cool. Yes, uh, the Itzy sister was just dancing in like the cutest little Oxford heels in that trench coat. Oh, I don't usually like um, Japanese versions of things but I like that one. Yeah, it was fun. I like that more than Levy and Rose. Uh, so that song set the highest Japanese day one sales for a Korean group at 193,000 copies. Um, and then in April of 2019, they did their second Korean EP called Heart Eyes. And that uh, single was Violetta. Violetta. <laughs> Um, and then in June last year, they did their first concerts in Seoul. And then that's where we'll have to leave Eyes One for now. Yes. Okay. <laughs> then we're on to the fourth produce season. This one is called Produce X 101. <laughs> We're back to boys. Mm -hmm. This time we've got trainees from 48 agencies as well as some independent trainees who submitted themselves. Oh, interesting. Like at-home contestants. What a twist. Um, this time... Four boys never stood a chance. <laughs> yeah. This time the debuting group would promote for five years. Yes. With two and a half years exclusive. Mm -hmm. The first two and a half years would be exclusive. And then the next two and a half years... They would be free to join groups, but they would also be beholden to doing X1 activities. Yes. So if they also debuted in something or like participated in activities with their original company, they're not allowed to do that until the first two and a half years. Right. Okay. So the, we've really upped the stakes this time. Mm -hmm. um, March 21st, 2019, we got our 101 new trainees performing on M Countdown. This time, the Pick Me song is called Jima. You know what I just noticed? Hmm. That also might contribute to the annoyingness of the songs is that both boy versions have like harmonies in the chorus and both girls, they're all singing in like a high... Yeah. Uh, Unison. I was like, what's the word? <laughs> They're all singing the same note. Yeah. And there's no dynamic. There's, there's no... no harmonies in the girl group songs, or at least in the choruses. And then in all of the songs, obviously, there's that like, like terrible noise, instrumental instead of actual instruments. But they also, every single one at some point, has the little beat me up in the background. It's just not a good track. It's just. They're not good songs, guys. They're not good songs. <laughs> but they're a spectacle. <laughs> and they're part of it. Uh, okay, so this season ran from May 3rd to July 19th of 2019. There were 12 episodes. This time it was hosted by actor Lee Dong-wook, who is a hottie. And yeah. um, this time they tried to change it up. I was trying to read through the episode descriptions and it was so confusing. 
they introduced instead of F rank, it was X rank this time. Mm. And in certain episodes, the X rank guys where it looked like they weren't getting to go have like pizza with everybody else. They were getting taken to a special room to get special extra training. And like there was something weird about the X rank. But then they also in other episodes, they'd be like, choose a group and one has to be the rapper and one has to be the singer and one has to be the X. And then the X person has to rap and sing. And if they do well, their points will count double. So like sometimes X meant worst rating, but then sometimes X meant bonus. They used hmm. the, I think they used the X too many times and then it got really convoluted, but they just kept forcing the X, it seemed. Well, now it's produce X 101. Yes. So they really had to nail in that X. The X. Um, but then they also, the other twist for this year was the 11th member, instead of being the next person in line with most votes in the finale. Oh, yes. I read about this. It would be the next all, like, all season combined person mm -hmm. who had gotten the most votes would get to be the 11th member. Yes. So the final member of the group would be chosen based on not on their performance in just that episode, but their collective performance and like collective number of votes throughout the entire season. Yes. So switching it up. But the season averaged a 2.6 viewership rating, which is the worst for any wow. of the so seasons. So people are really not caring tuning as much out. anymore. The final group would be called X1. Mm -hmm. um, they got a fandom name and colors immediately. Their fandom name is One It, and their colors are Butterfly, which is green, Ethereal Blue, Sunshine, and Galaxy Blue. Is Sunshine yellow? Yes, like a creamy yellow. Butterfly. Why is Butterfly green? I don't know, but it's like a light, grassy green. I don't know. Interesting. Um, X1 is co-managed by Swing, who took over Wana One's contract and Stone Music. Mm -hmm. The members of X1 are as follows. Johan from OUI Entertainment. Wusuk from Uptension. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's under Top Media. Songwoo from Victun, which is a Plan A group. Yep. Hyungjun from, uh, Hyung from Starship. Sungyoon from Unique. Did we get them in the random game I once? think so, because I read, when I read that, I was like, unique, that sounds familiar. I feel like maybe they're a random game group. It's Yuhua Entertainment. Uh, Dongpyo from DSP Media. Hangyul from MBK. Dohyun from MBK. MBK was like Tiara's company. Yeah. They've come up a couple times, uh -huh. I think. Never for good reasons. <laughs> um, Junho from Wulim. Minhee from Starship and Unsong from Brand New Music. X1 debuted on August 27th of last year. Their debut EP is called Emergency Quantum Leap, and their debut song was Flash. Flash. They got their first music trophy for this in September, and uh, the album went to number one on the Gaon chart. And as that voicemail stated, X1 is disbanded now. Yes. That's all there is to say. As of January 6th, 2020, X1 is no more. So let's immediately jump into why, why? <laughs> that is, um, because there's just there's so, much, so to say. much to unpack here. So... 
I I have that this all started from the X one the finale of Produce X one hundred one. What Produce, Produce X one hundred one? Yes. Yeah. So in the X one finale, viewers noticed that several of the rankings were multiples of seven thousand four hundred and ninety four, which is like. How did you notice that? Math but, nerds. Seriously, a lot of lot where math nerds and K-pop nerds <laughs> overlap. Um, so viewers noticed that some of the rankings were multiples of the same number, and so they uh, accused them of manipulating the ranks. Um, Mnet said that it was just a calculation error and that they had no intention to change the final members. Um, and the 14 representatives of companies for the 20 finalists agreed to support the whatever the final rankings were. Mm-hmm. But on August 1st of 2019, viewers filed a lawsuit against Mnet for electoral fraud, um, claiming that the on-site texting had cost 100 won per vote. That's about eight cents. Yes. And CJ made $125,000 from those from texting that votes. alone. So mm-hmm. now it's fraud. Yes. Like they're, they're alleging that because they spent money, mm-hmm. it's fraud. I remember when this news broke that I thought it was a little bit silly because I think, at least my American point of view, is that of course everything is rigged. I also immediately thought, of course it's rigged. Because they also, mm-hmm. a thing that happens on American award shows and TV shows that I guess they don't do in Korea, is at the back of the credits in really tiny letters at the bottom, they're like, we reserve the right to pick whoever we want. Yeah. Like, they put it in the fine print that, like, they're going to pick the groups. Like, vote if you want. But yeah, it's kind they of like, the a, right. like a, we'll take your votes into account. But if we decide to go another way, we have we're the power gonna. to do that because we're producing this TV show. And I feel like that's just sort of understood. Yes. Of like American Idol and America's Got sure. like all that kind of stuff. Um, but it turns out, and as we unpack this, like it will become clear that this was a little bit more, like a little bit bigger than just adjusting these right. <laughs> these, these vote and they totals also left and like and, choosing whoever they wanted. And they left an insane paper trail. Like all the people involved are very dumb. And they, I mean, <laughs> they, yeah, and they convi- confessed right away to everything because they didn't do anything to hide their tracks. Like nothing at all. These are not career criminals. But no. <laughs> let's keep going. We'll keep so going. August 2019, the viewers file a lawsuit. So the charge now is elect electoral fraud. Yes. Um, Yeah. The police conducted their search and seizure of Mnet on August 1st. Um, Yes. On that same month, they, they, the police got a search warrant um, and they raided CJ entertainment offices um, and they found uh, voice recordings like about the voter manipulation from previous seasons. Yeah. So they found like all of this evidence that it wasn't just the first, this most recent season, but actually all of the seasons had had the voting totals uh, manipulated. And so because of that, the investigation grows to now be looking into all four produced seasons and other Mnet shows, including Idol School, Show Me the Money, and Superstar K. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, In October, amidst all of this, once now they're investigating literally everything, um, a former employee of either Starship or MBK, based on netizens doing deducing, allegedly, 
alleged that the company had over 100,000 logins made for text voting and had forced all of their trainees and employees to constantly vote. A trainee said they weren't allowed to leave for the day or go to meals or go home until they had completed like 12, that like 100, they had voting quotas. Wow. And they just voted all day and all night. Um, then also... A Wulim trainee was told that he wouldn't make the final group because Wulim was only going to get one and it wasn't mm. going to be him. Mm-hmm. I read that too. Um, also on October 18th, the police say that they're going to start going into people's bank accounts to see if bribery is involved. Mm. Um, on October 21st, a show called PD Notebook, which is like an investigative news show, uh, does like a deep investigation on from like anonymous idol school uh trainees and they claim that the working conditions were terrible that the dorm they lived in was just like built in a studio and smelled like paint and wasn't like a real house and it didn't have windows and they couldn't go outside um some of them claim that they weren't fed that they were missing their periods like that they were like fucked up and you uh, someone from mnet told this investigative show that that's basically impossible because those girls were getting fat. <gasps> I know. Wow. Right. Okay. We don't have time to <laughs> unpack all of that. <laughs> uh, so our first big moment is on November 4th producer on June young from the producer of all four seasons of this is arrested. Yes. Um, so so he's arrested, and I just want to go over, like, a couple of the findings from the, like, initial searches that they found mm-hmm. um, just to show, like, some of the crimes that occurred. Sure. <laughs> so um, so apparently, like, votes from eliminated, like, after the search warrants and, like, investigations into the offices, police found that votes from eliminated trainees were added to the finalists, which affected two to three of the members that ended up in top in the top 11. The police then also obtained search warrants for Starship Entertainment, Woolim Entertainment, and MBK Entertainment and discovered that the agencies had paid, uh, the agencies were paid about 100,000 won for each episode that their trainees appeared in. Um, however, the trainees themselves were not compensated for appearing on the show. They were, the agencies were also paid 1 million won for each song that their trainees participated in. And agencies who disagreed agreed from these terms would just request to have their trainees eliminated. Mm. Um, So there was like all of this is to say that there's clear evidence of, uh, you know, tampering, I guess, Mm -hmm. with the lineup on on the show each time. Um, And some of the trainees came out then and anonymously stated that like the production teams themselves were biased towards certain trainees. And one trainee claimed that uh, his screen time from the entire episode was cut after he complained about a staff member who had yelled at him. Mm. The screen time stuff is harder to like I get it. I know this is all just like piling up evidence, but like that's how you make TV. Like, yeah, they're true. Again, until people started spending money like they shouldn't have. Like, this is all just like standard reality TV bullshit, if you ask me. Like, I will say, oh, I will say one thing that's a little like 
Hmm. Is that only one producer tallied all of the votes yes, at the end? Alone in a room alone and he texted in them a room to someone. And he texted the results. And I was like, okay, that's shady. <laughs> that's that's shady. Um, um I have some funny like timeline stuff that shows like how Eminette was like trying to get around this. So on November 4th, they arrested that. Uh, the producer in charge. They also arrested a VP at Starship and mm-hmm. like four other people. Um, four other like producers from Mnet that were involved. Mm-hmm. Um, what they found. So here's okay. Here's the like worst part of it all. They now know at this point that this producer on guy received eighty six thousand dollars from companies in the previous year that he's spent like to spend. On houses of ill repute, on prostitutes and such, um, in favor, in like exchange for favorable like screen time and results for their trainees. Like, yeah. So at first, it was reported that like he had taken basically the money that he had made from all of the voting from forty from Produce Forty Eight and from Produce X One Hundred One. He had earned like over a hundred million won for from like the all the votes and had chosen to use that at like a quote unquote adult entertainment and then it was also found that he elicited adult services 47 times between uh january 2018 and july 2019 and those 47 times were paid for yes. by five agency representatives in exchange for screen time for their yes. trainees. Yes. So it's like straight yeah. up out there. Mm-hmm. People were. Yeah. Yeah. So this guy's charges, just to review, initially the police were investigating him for bribery. They got him with the arrest warrant for destroying evidence. Um, then they charged him with obstruction of business and fraud. Uh, and then this came out. Yes. So Mnet, after this happens, he also, once they take him in and show him, like, we've got all of your papers, he admits, like, yeah, I definitely changed the ratings for X and 48. Like, he says that straight up. Oh, yeah. And he eventually confesses to having manipulated the votes for all, all of four the seasons. seasons. And he says that throughout all four seasons, uh, a group had chosen the finalists for X1 and I's one, like, together before the finale aired, and that they had swapped certain trainees rankings in order to ensure that certain trainees made it into the finalists for both 101 and IOI. So on November 7th, after this guy's been taken in, Mnet announces that their show World Class is not going to have any text votes and any new seasons of Queendom or Show Me the Money are going to have their votes counted by a neutral third party mm-hmm. of like regular citizens. And they promise that Teen Singer is going to have a whole new system and we're definitely not going to do text ratings and it's definitely not going to be rigged. Um, then on November 12th, the VP of CJ, of CJ gets booked on charges because up until this point, everyone was just basically acting like it's this one pervy asshole. Mm-hmm. He's been taking all the money for his own pervy needs and like yeah. he acted alone. Mm-hmm. But someone at CJ getting booked is proof that it's like that's when they discover the other season stuff because like other people were yes. caught changing things. Because on came out and said like, yeah, I did this. And also this, this, and this for the pre for all four seasons, and that led them to be like, okay, 
more people are involved here. And so a total of 10 people were arrested. Yes. On December 13th, uh, they cl- uh, the prosecutors claim that another employee, not on, like we said, was responsible for switching out a member from the final lineup of IOI. Mm. Um, then on the 18th of December, Mnet announces the death of Produce as a show. It's done. We're never doing it again. They also say that they are canceling their series Teen Singer. It's not going to come out anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but people are hopeful that there will be more Queendom because, like, Mnet has to make a show, I guess. But, like, nobody yeah. trusts them to do any votey things right now. And they said in their press conference on December 18th that they wouldn't do any more, like, survival-style TV shows that relied on voting in that way. Um And they also stated that all of the uh, producers who have been arrested or charged, they are technically still employees of MNET and that the consequences regarding their employment will not be determined until after the trial. So they're going to wait to see who's charged guilty and who gets off before they fire anybody. Yes. So amidst all of this chaos... Eyes One was supposed to have a uh, comeback in November. Mm-hmm. It was canceled, um, yes. and then in December, when the after the Mnet like uh, press conference, there was pe- the statements for both companies was like, "We're gonna discuss what to do about Eyes One and X One." Mm-hmm. And then on January sixth, Play M, Yuhua, Top Media, OUI, MBK, Wulim, DSP, Starship, and Brand New Music stated that they could not come to an agreement about the group and therefore it would be disbanded immediately. Yes. So what I read was that CJ Entertainment and representatives from nine agencies of the members of X1 like all got together and CJ apparently like proposed a few different things like, oh, even if they disband, like maybe they could put out one song or whatever. And the companies basically vetoed all of them. Um, And they agreed that in order to continue, the only way that they would continue with X1 is if they came to a unanimous decision and they weren't able to. But I also read that the uh, voting, the entire voting process took like 10 minutes. It was very fast and the agencies like didn't, weren't there to try and negotiate or be convinced. They Mm -hmm. were just like, nope, we're done. We're out. Uh, Eyes one, however, this not has, this hasn't been officially, officially declared, Mm -hmm. but uh, I read that eyes one will reportedly return in, in January and companies Hope to agree on resuming activities with good feelings. Yes. So there's more positivity towards Eyes One mm-hmm. coming back, um, but X One is done. Yes. <sighs> so there we go. We've reached the end. No? Not quite. Because uh, on December 20th, the pre-trial hearings Oh, started. trials. I didn't write anything down because I don't give a fuck. But please, what happened? Well, just a couple <laughs> things came out of it in that um, – so. One thing that has been going on, like, kind of from the beginning of this whole controversy is that fans are, like, demanding to know which trainees were affected. No, they can't do that. So, yes. So the company agrees, and right now, like, the companies, all companies involved, like, really don't want that to be revealed. But also it seems like the police and the court system doesn't really want that to be revealed either because the two pretrial hearings, the first one was was December 20th um, and the second one is set for January 14th which is like tomorrow um, 
Both of those pretrial hearings are going to be closed in order to protect the trainee names. Um, and on December 30th, CJ Entertainment CEO issued a formal apology for everything that's been going on and promised that there would be compensation to the affected trainees without revealing who they are. He promised that uh, there would be financial financial compensation and also, quote, Measures to support future activities, uh, whatever that might mean. Um, and they, the CEO promised to give up the profits from X1, which was about 25.9 million US dollars. Um, and they would be, that money would be used for, quote, active development of the music industry and continuous growth of K pop. So, what exactly he's planning to put that money toward is unclear no and vague uh but that's where we stand now okay so now that we've got it all out there i don't know it's just a huge i'm trying to think of what were the like questions or things that michelle asked about like oh the future like what does this mean yeah well i think part of it is that i mean to comment on like oh the careers of these trainees like to be quite honest, I was never really a fan. I've I've never really kept up with any of these produced groups. I am a fan of some of the groups that came out of, uh, like after you know, um, IOI or whatever the like. I like Wecky Mecky and things like that. Mm -hmm. So the subsequent groups that came after that, I've paid a little bit more attention to. But um, I think the biggest question is that now that the produce series is not going like it's not a TV show anymore, right? How will that affect new groups? I don't know. I mean, these new groups, like the, all the trainees from those shows came from companies already. So I guess the biggest argument would be that it might be harder for smaller groups, like groups from smaller companies to get maybe the like promotion or the attention that they have been getting now. Like maybe Wecky Mecky wouldn't have gotten as much attention if they didn't have the two IOIs in it. Sure. And so like another cut group from that company wouldn't be able to have the same success. But know. then it also makes you wonder if it was all rigged and it was pay to play. And the reason that people had trainees make it to the final group is because they were paying somebody off to mm -hmm. do it then is it even really a pure chance for tiny companies to get their idols out there? Probably not. True. Because it was rigged all along. But was it rigged for like every single member? Because they said that the finalists for X1 and I's one were already decided before the finale, but maybe there are some 101 or some IOIs who like really were voted into the top. Yeah, I mean, sure. There's obviously a chance that like, and that's why... Mm -hmm. That's why it's a bummer that even if they never officially reveal who, you know, was who was who, manipulated, quote unquote, yeah. didn't deserve to be there. I think the netizens and watchers of the show definitely already have their opinions about mm -hmm. that. And like, that's what's been out all this time. Like, as all of this yeah. has been coming out is people just being like, I know it must have been this person. Or it must have been this person. And looking mm -hmm. at like. Every instance where someone moved a lot on the ranking and yeah. just being like, oh, I always hated her. She was bad. She, mu she must be the one that was bought in. So, like, that dark cloud that it's put over literally everyone that made it to one of those groups is, like, a huge bummer. Um, I just think – I just sort of hate the facade that this whole thing created um, because it's mean? all falling apart now. 
this idea that they were making people think that they had any say in choosing a group. Ah, uh, because it's, you mean like where the fans are? Yes, concerned. the facade is where is the fan? As far as the fans are concerned, the, that like, they thought they had own like some sort of ownership. Or, like or we're helping a real in any part way, in this group. Or that it mattered. Because another thing that's come out uh, right after that this is that uh, Momoland member Daisy has also uh, oh, yeah. alleged that the Finding Momoland show was rigged mm-hmm. and that the company knew who they were going to pick. And people have had their suspicions about twice 16 JYP stuff. Like that the companies know who they want to put in their groups and they yeah. know who their stars are. And they know what they want to do with it. So this like going on a TV show and collecting text vote money from people and making them think they have any say in it. Like Mm. it's kind of sinister, but I don't think they'll be able to do that anymore. Like I don't think people will be able to do even if it's just within a company like Treasure Box or Twice, Mm -hmm. like No Mercy, all those things. I think that all is just going to have to like stop because I don't think people trust it anymore. Maybe. And I mean, but companies could still produce those kinds of shows and then just have like instead of audience votes, they could just have like the judges of mm-hmm. like a judging panel instead. Um, but I do think like it's that's an interesting point to bring up because the like participation aspect for the viewers at home, then I think probably really contributed to like how attached the fandoms are to these groups. Um Because they feel responsible for their existing. Exactly, exactly. And then they feel maybe even like more connected to certain members because they took the time to actually like vote and choose them to be in the part of the final group. But I think the biggest like bummer of this whole controversy is the way that the all of the trainee participants are going to be negatively affected because. Like we were just saying, you know, like some of the trainees maybe were chosen from the beginning and maybe some of them like really did get voted to the top. But now every member that's ever been a trainee on one of these shows, I think people could doubt their like quote unquote legitimacy like in that final group and their final ranking. And that just really sucks because it seems like the trainees throughout all of this were like innocent bystanders. Yeah. They were just pawns in this game and they didn't have any say in whether or not they got voted to the next round or whatever. It was all their companies. And so that just really sucks that like this huge group of people who are doing all of the work and right. working very hard, they're the ones that get thrown under the bus. Like, and they're all very typical, young and very yeah. inexperienced on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like they're the most vulnerable kind yes, of people you they're can the put most on a TV show. Vulnerable and they just got like wildly taken advantage of. And maybe some of them don't even really like may I think it's a good thing, I guess, that all of this is coming out because then maybe they'll they will have more fair opportunities but like if none of this had ever happened I bet that the majority of those trainees wouldn't even have the like understanding or like confidence or or resources in the industry to like stand up for themselves and file for legal action and be like hey this was fucked up and like I spent however long like doing this and it tanked my career or whatever I don't know Uh, the the population the victims here are the trainees and yeah. that sucks. Yeah, it's just it it just sucks. It just sucks because it really was they made this like big old thing and they somehow convinced everybody that or at least convinced all of these lower tier companies 
that this is the way, like, this is the step you have to take first. Mm. Like for the past four years, it's like people haven't really been debuting groups without like without a produce member in it. Produce member. You yeah, know, that's like true. it's the stepping stone that they convinced everybody was like what you had to do. Um, and it seems like the companies were willing to pay whatever it was that they had to to make it happen. And like, ew, that sucks too. Mm-hmm. Ugh, all these I just fucking rich guys, man. They're very frustrating. <sighs> Greedy people. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, yeah, I think I think my ultimate takeaway from this is that I'm just like very sad for the kids whose dreams have been crushed mm-hmm. and for any potential fallout for any of the like 44 people that we mentioned or whatever that like will now have their credibility like questioned forever. Yeah, because of somebody else's like really blatant cheating. Mm-hmm. And they, like I said, they kept like such a crazy paper trail. Like the fact that anybody's even getting in trouble for this is because they just were like really they, stupid about it. Yeah, didn't even think either they were so arrogant that they would never get caught, that they didn't think they needed to destroy the evidence, or they were just truly dumb and they didn't realize that what they were doing could get them thrown in jail. So they yeah. didn't think they needed to cover it up. Either way. Either the way. people who the people who are guilty are at least reaping consequences and hey maybe that's a plus. Yeah. <laughs> Some people are being held accountable for their shitty actions and that doesn't happen every day. It so. doesn't, so at least we can be grateful for those tiny moments. Yeah. And hopefully the members of Eyes One and X One will go on to do good things. I read that the uh, several of the members of X One have been like communicating with their fans since the announcement of their disbandment, and that they have they've stated that they've like they're still in touch with their members, and they are like brainstorming ways to like do something right as a group which so is making we'll the netizens really 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 mad why because everyone thinks they need to hide themselves in shame and that they should not oh but they didn't they didn't have any say i know no i know but people that's why i think uh, that's why they agreed to disband them because it's because just like people the are public so sentiment mad. people don't like it well <laughs> hopefully these kids will rise again someday yeah but anyway, the whole thing was that I just wanted to like make a make a time capsule of this and like what yeah. happened and because I think I think the fallout will continue to be felt for like a super long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be interested to see if any of the groups that are that have former IOI 101 members if their popularity will be affected at all. I'm mm-hmm. intrigued. So yeah, we'll just we're like keep to an see eye what out. happens. Um, yeah, so that's that. And we'll be right back. With a random game. This episode of Ask Me About K-Pop is brought to you by Stitcher Premium. I know what you're thinking. Is this an actual ad in the break? Yeah, it is. We're very legitimate now. And I wanted to tell you guys about Stitcher Premium. You might already know about the Stitcher app, which you can use on your iOS device, Android, on your computer to listen to podcasts. But Stitcher Premium for just $4.99 a month will get you access to all kinds of exclusive podcasts, ad-free episodes, comedy archives, all kinds of things. There's exclusive stuff from Marvel, 
yeah, Marvel, like the comic books. You can get ad-free episodes of My Favorite Murder, stuff on the Wondery Network, Earwolf, Forever Dog, if you want to laugh. I'm a Stitcher Premium user. I have been since its inception. And uh, one of my favorite things to listen to right now is called The Neighborhood Listen. Paul F. Tompkins and Nicole Parker play characters and they read funny posts off the Nextdoor app, which is very wild. Um, you can listen to my bandmates, um, my bandmate Matt's new season of Super Ego, season six. Uh, it, there's seriously so much stuff on Stitcher Premium. If you like this podcast, if you like listening to podcasts, you will like this and it will be worth it. So if you want to check it out, you can go to stitcherpremium.com and use our promo code AMAKPOP at checkout and you will get 30 days for free. So go check it out. That's stitcherpremium.com promo code AMAKPOP. Give it a listen. You're going to love it. I know it. Okay, back to the show. <gasps> Shirt. Ah! Yes. Great. All right, we're back. And we got an old group. Yes, older. Older. Mm -hmm. Old enough. Yeah. Uh, they are called Dalmatian. They were When they debuted in 2010, they were called Dalmatian. Yes. Spelled like the dog. But we got them as DMTN, which is an acronym for Desire, Motivation, Timing, Now. That's what they, they rebranded as DMTN after they lost members to the military in 2011. Um, yes. But they were under Monkey Funch Entertainment. But I guess, I think it's probably pronounced Monkey Funk. Oh, monkey funk, but like spelled yeah. dumb. Yeah, it has they're, a CH at the end. But monkey funch is funnier. <laughs> um, their original members were Inati, Day Day, Donglim, Jisoo, Dari, and Daniel. Yes. But then, uh, let's see, Day Day dropped out of the group for personal reasons, and a member named Simon, who had left the group before debut for personal <laughs> reasons, would rejoin the group. Okay. So that was in 2012, two years after their original debut. Uh, shortly after Simon came back, um, Dari enlisted in the military, um, so he was gone. And so then it was just Inati, Jisoo, Daniel, Dongrim, and Simon. And that's when they changed to DMTN. Yes. Then it appears that Daniel had a marijuana scandal. Yes. Which put them on hiatus and then eventually, like, quietly disbanded the group. Yeah. Um, it seems like there's a lot about this drug scandal. Oh, because so he can... was under suspicion of selling and using. Uh oh. Yikes. Maybe we'll come back to you someday, Daniel, when we talk about crimes. <laughs> um, but for no, now, let's write, that, let's write him down. Yeah, write him down. Um, but just for so you guys know, the oldest member of this group was born in 1981, and the youngest was 1993. So a, That's a little bit 30, older than the 39 years get. old to 20. No, I'm so bad at math. Sorry, what? If the oldest is 39 right now, because 1981, mm -hmm. and then 1990, someone who was born in 1993 is, is 26. 26. Okay, that's a good, that's a or good spread. It's yeah. like a 13 year spread in yeah. member ages. Um, anyway, we looked up their music videos uh, and their most popular song uh, is called ER. And it's probably most popular because we pulled it up and the thumbnail is shirtless, shirtless. boys in leather pants. So, yeah, I guess we got to watch this. You ready? Hold on. I want to make this. Oh, a make note. a note. 
What is it? D-M-T-N. Right, because I thought it was domination. Okay. No. Okay. Release May 16th, 2012. This is DMT or Dalmatian. They were still Dalmatian. They were still Dalmatian at the time. ER. All right. Cops in a tunnel. Oh, there's like a murdered per. Oh, car accident. Wow, everybody's dead. <laughs> oh, no. Whoa. Oh, no. <laughs> Neck tattoo. This is horrible. Oh, shirtless already. A lot of tats. This sounds like 57 songs we've heard. There's like, <laughs> this is a style of song. Yeah, you're right. Okay. I can't tell if these boys are actually highly tatted or if that is just the aesthetic of this music video. I feel like it's just the music video. Okay, there's five of them. Their hair is so tall. Whoa, his hair is very long. That guy kind of looks like Bam Bam. Oh no, one of them's getting zipped in a body bag. Oh my god, the members themselves were in the car accident. <gasps> oh ah, no, he walked up! Open. <laughs> uh oh, this is terrifying. Okay, now we're in flashy industrial warehouse. They're loading the bodies up. And we're, we're, each scene has less and less clothes, it seems. Okay, yeah, there is one boy who has like shoulder length hair. Oh no, now they're all in like a spooky the underground coroner, warehouse yeah. corner office. The morgue, that's what it's called. But it's like in a parking garage. Yeah. It like doesn't look like a... <laughs> Sometimes the long-haired guy looks a little bit like Onu when he had his really long oh, wow. hair. But then there was just a scene where he had, like, bangs, and he looked like a Girls' Generation member. <laughs> yes, he did, because his hair is, like, shoulder-length and, like, kind of wavy. Yeah. <laughs> now I do want to look up if these tattoos are real. Because they all look, because of the way their hair is shaved, they all look like Jay Park a little bit. Yeah, they do. But I just need to know if the neck tattoos They're are fake. Re- Those they have, have to be to fake. Be. Okay, now there's a lady Ooh. cutting their clothes off in the morgue. Stab yeah, them in the chest. Against- oh. Ah! oh my god. So, so many tattoos. I refuse to believe that one has that real tattoo real, on no his way. Ner- You on could his not nose. have a group of five wow. members that have this many massive like chest and neck tattoos, right? Yeah, I don't no know. way. One, it says one love on his stomach. That has to be <laughs> fake. Come on. You can't go back to. Ah! Oh. <laughs> there was a dramatic. I was just rip. gonna say you can't go back to wearing clothes after you've already taken them off, and then immediately they did like a dramatic shirt rip. Oh my god! They're oh my just god! Like this leap. They're like leaping like ballerinas, shirtless. <laughs> I mean, they're all in great shape. They yeah, didn't make they, a mistake. And all of them have handsome faces. I haven't seen one uggo in the bunch. <laughs> oh, the coroner kissed to them and left lipstick. That's highly there. unprofessional. Uh-oh. Are they all going to wake up? Oh, she looks devilish. <gasps> Why Crooked is she smiling? smiling? 
I don't know. Guess we'll have That's to watch suspicious. all the Dalmatian music videos <laughs> in to order get the to canon. learn the plot. So, oh, oh that was b- delayed. Yeah, it faded all the way to black. Wow. So we talked about this <laughs> last week, how it's really funny when only like one member of the group is shirtless right. and everybody else is wearing clothes. But maybe it's also equally funny when they're all shirtless. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just funny. Because it was a little goofy, like watching them do their like. <laughs> do their the dance. They were like leaping. And all of their dance and like With all in no a shirtless shirt line. I don't know. Um, do you have a recommendation for this week? I sure do. So I, I guess I could credit this with like you and you songs love of twice. Um, Ooh, but I'm excited to see where this is going. <laughs> basically I just decided like, because usually, because I tend to dislike so much girl group music, I usually just don't really listen to it. So I decided to be like, Hey, you should at least listen to it once before you like make an opinion of it or whatever. So I made myself a playlist of uh, recent girl group releases, which include like Twice's Feel Special album. And then I also included CLC and Rocket Punch and Red Velvet and Wecky Mecky and Ladies Code. Okay. And a couple other things. Um, I didn't, oh, and Itzy's album. Just a couple of like different stuff that I like had maybe noticed in the last year that Knew came out of around, yeah, but hadn't actually taken the time to listen to. Um, and I haven't listened to the whole playlist yet because it's pretty long. I put like a lot of stuff on there, but there are already like so many songs where I'm like, wow, if I had listened to this before the B sides episode, like maybe this would have been on there. <laughs> but my recommendation is for. Uh, the Ladies Code most recent album or little EP that they had feedback on. Okay, It's yeah. called Code Number 3, Set Me Free. And it has maybe five songs on it, but it's really good. I I listened, I've heard all of that all the way through and it's, it's really good. Um, one of the Ladies Code singers has this like beautiful raspy voice. Mm-hmm. Um, she and, sure does. Yeah, and I, I wasn't really familiar. I'm not really familiar with like any of Lady Code Ladies Code's discography, um, but this one I I really liked. So I am recommending like the whole EP, but specifically the two songs "Feedback" and "Set Me Free." Those were my favorites off of it. That's great. Um, My recommendation is a little silly, but it's something that I stumbled upon while doing research for this episode and I needed the people to see it. Um, IOI and Pentagon did a series of commercials for school uniforms. They are very well written, like dramas, but then they also like showcase how well the uniforms are made. Like the girlfriend is pulling the pants and then she's like, these pants, they stretch so well, they'll never tear. Yes, just like (laughs) love, the clothes comes back or whatever. The, The puns are really clever it's a very very good advertising and it's like baby baby pentagon they all have brown hair Mm -hmm. like they're precious so there's like three of them that i found so if you want to see some cute commercials look up the ioi pentagon uh commercials that's yeah uh the company is called elite there we go pentagon ioi elite cf there's three of them and they'll come right up um they're highly entertaining and also 
the way that those uniforms are made, I was watching those and being like, I want clothes yeah. that has that. Like they, they're genius because they in the jackets and in the pants. Um, because obviously teenagers like grow so fast. They have extendable cuffs, yes. so you can just like unfold the lining and the, as you grow, so then the cuff just gets longer. And then they also had a detachable collar, which would make it so easy to clean. Yeah. Um, especially as a woman who like sometimes gets makeup yes. on her collar. And then like genius. And, and like, like the punk stuff gets all the proof, ju- juice yes. on him and it just wipes right off. These succeed. Yeah. They sold us. They we sold want us. to buy the I would we buy, want to buy the uniform. I would buy the uniform. I would do it. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's all for this week. If you would like to get in contact with us, you can find us on social media at AMA K-pop Pod on Twitter and Instagram, amakpoppod at gmail.com for emails. And then one note on the voicemail, uh, which the number for that is 181-AMA-K-POP-5. Uh, but uh, sincere apologies to all of our international listeners. I lied when I said that you could just call us on WhatsApp. I forgot that WhatsApp only can call other WhatsApp mm. accounts. It's not a way to make free long-distance calls. Duh. So I'm going to have to try to find an international listener solution. If anybody... Can't you make international calls on Skype? Maybe. That's how I would call my mom when I was in Spain. But I don't remember if it's free. But could you, like, call your mom's number or did you call your mom's Skype account? I called her phone. I could call her cell phone. phone. Okay. Um, like I said, I've got to do some research. Okay. If any of y'all have a grandma in another country that you know how to call for free or whatever, yeah. hit us up. Because I don't make international calls. I don't know where to look. But I feel really bad. But I want y'all to be able to leave us voicemails too. Yeah. So international listeners, stay tuned. We're working on a solution. Domestic listeners, uh, the number again is one eight one two six two five seven six seven five. That's one eight one AMAK pop five. Yeah, we've had some really fun. I uh, we've just had so much fun so far with this voicemail. It's like already been a smashing success. Some people called just to like cry about a comeback in the bathroom and other people like call to be like, what's up with this? Some people are like, hey, I'm angry. It's just great. It's really fun. It's just like a fun little outlet. You're all really all your K-pop feels. You're all really like smart and well spoken and have great things to say. Great questions. We're so proud of y'all and giving us uh, content ideas. I mean, this entire episode we had discussed doing an investigation into this whole scandal. Like once everything started, and then we got this listener voicemail. We're like, okay, that's that. So thanks for calling in. Please continue to do so. We are looking forward. Operators are standing by. (laughs) Operators are standing by. Um, And speaking of standing by, if anybody's going to be at the 17 concert at the Forum this weekend, if you're listening to this the day that it came out, please hit us up on social media when you get there so we can find each other we'll have buttons and we got stickers too. yes we will have buttons and stickers and we'll just be hanging around uh so come and say hello come and say hello and on that note we have heard your thoughts i'm so touched that so many of you are like yes i will buy merch so we'll work yeah. on that stay tuned for that as well and we'll be back next week with a new episode love you guys bye bye Jonghyun, you're our inspiration. 